Tony Duchesne here, and welcome to Drinks with Tony with my guest, Andrew Cotti. He's the author of Pasta Mike, A Story of Friendship and Loss. Um, now, let's first chat about a completely different book that's going to be published this fall. The deal was made on Monday morning. The book's called How to Take a Sp- Stand for Your Principles and Values by Will Smith. Here's an excerpt. <laughs> that's funny. That's really funny. That's wait, what? That's not funny. Oh, it's not funny. You're right. It's not funny. Let me go slap Chris Rock. Uh, I'll forward a couple pages here. My wife's right. Blah, blah, blah. Expletive, expletive, expletive. Oh, here we go. Sometimes I just act like the characters I play for fakies on the big movie screen. And I just get emotional about my family and how I can protect them and how I'm protecting Serena and Venus Williams. And I'm 53 years old and I hope you can learn from my example. Will Smith is a mentor for a whole new culture to arise because now slapping is the new handshake. In fact, if you don't slap someone, you're doing it wrong. At the grocery store to the grocery clerk. Where's the tuna fish? Ow, that hurt. Like hell. It's on aisle six. And get your motherfucking wife out of your motherfucking mouth. Ow, that hurt. Aisle six, huh? Thanks. You see, if you don't have red marks on your face, as you do your daily errands, you're doing it wrong. Slap and get slapped. It's the new normal. Hi. I'm Andrew Cotto, and you're listening to Drinks with Tony. Get on the Drinks with Tony show. You're listening to Drinks with Tony. I'm your host, Tony Duchesne. Today on the show, we have Andrew Cotto. He's the author of Pasta Mike, a story of friendship and loss. Andrew, how are you? I'm good, Tony. How are you? I'm good. I got kind of screwed up on your name because I knew this guy years ago called Andre Cote who was French. And so I kept wanting, I kept wanting to say Andre Coteau. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. You, you, my <laughs> bastardized French accent. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds great. Then go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you, you mean like, do you want me to do that for the whole interview? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what you're asking, man. It, this, this, could show, this could go south. This could go south. I mean, um, I, I'm your guest, right? So, yeah. What you know? What a beautiful, um, what a beautiful way to pay tribute to a friend that you lose. You know. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, he was he was a he was an amazing person. So, like, it wasn't only the fact that I lost a friend, um, and a particularly important one, but the the the, the person he was 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 made it even all the more devastating because he was a remarkable human being. Yeah. And um, and and what's it? When did this book? When did this book come out? Is it recent? I mean, how how, how close are we? Yeah, the book came out in, in January of this, of this oh, year. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it, I wrote it during the pandemic, and my publisher put it out six months. And it was just it, it, it filled a slot they had. You know, another book, another another author didn't meet the deadlines, so or like, hey, we'll, we'll get it out soon. So, you know, it, it was from this the desk I'm sitting at to the 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 book you're holding in a matter of you know i guess overall a year 
Wow, that's fantastic. You know, I had a I had a really hard time producing and writing during pandemic. You know, people were going, oh, it must be great for you because you're a writer. That's all you do is you sit in a room. And I'm like, no, I'm freaking out. I'm not mentally stable. I'm having a hard time. So how did how were you able to not only produce, but work on something that is, I mean, that, that to me, it feels like it would be really, really hard to work on it and dive into. But maybe I'm completely wrong, and I, I want your experience. <laughs> well, it, it's, 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 it's interesting because I was having a hard time with this book prior to the pandemic. I mean, you know, my, my buddy Mike passed away nine years ago, right? Um, and I kept saying, I'm going to get around to writing about it. I'm going to get around to writing about it. I have to write about him. And I was doing so in short form. I wrote some articles for some from um, websites I write for, you know, about things about friendship and 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 masculinity, and you know, and using Mike as a sort of a model, you know, and a positive model for those things. Um, but the idea of doing something longer just was was too daunting to me, um, um, too daunting for me, I should say. Some some writer. Um, <laughs> but then when the pandemic came, you know, I I just had all this time, right? I mean, you know, I, I had. I, I had the ability to really like sort of lock myself into it. And I'd actually written a novel during the pandemic prior to this. I wrote two books during the pandemic. Um, one of those books behind me, I, went, I know this is audio only, but there's a whole stack of my books behind me. And one of them I wrote during the pandemic. I, I basically sat down saying, you know, I'm writing about Italy. So I, I have a, a book set in Italy. I wrote the sequel to it during the pandemic just to get me to, out of my head, right, in, in, this, in this basement in Brooklyn, you know, to in, and transport me, you know, through my imagination to Italy. And I, I, I've never been so so um, you know, prolific on a daily basis. I was writing, you know, fifteen hundred words a day when I'm a five hundred word a day guy. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like so we, we, I start to crap out. I wrote that that whole you know sixty thousand word novel in like six months. Um, wow. And I was just, I had such momentum going, but I'm like, you know what, I can do the mic thing now. So if I don't do the mic thing now, right, I'm, I'm never going to do it. I was, my chops were ready to go. I, I was well rehearsed, right? I was yeah. far enough removed from, you know, the the, 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 the the raw emotions of it, thankfully, after all these years, right? But I just sat down and I did it every day. I did it in small increments. This was, this was back to 500 words a day. Um, right. But, you know, and, and, and the books are developed. It, it's shorter. So I, I, knew I, I knew I didn't need to go in. What was killing me, if I'm able to elaborate on this, um, was that I was trying to write it as a memoir at first. Um, and, and, and that was that was too painful, you know, and, and too you know, burdensome. I mean, to cover his whole life and cover my whole life and match those lives together. You know, you know, I was like, I was like, fuck it. I, I know I, I took Mike and myself and, as real human beings, kept our names, right? And plunked us out of our actual existence and plopped us down into a fictional one, which is very similar in all those trappings, you know, Irish kids, American, Italian kids, you know, kids from different ethnic backgrounds and around New York City, right? That also made it a lot easier. So I can just, I can just get our story down and not worry about like offending his fifth grade teacher. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, um, you know it's, yeah i and i find when we we go to we go to fiction with the things that happen that were truth to us sometimes the the it's almost it feels more true that first i don't yeah. know if you get that where the, the story the the you get the emotional truth in such a different way you know i totally agree i mean it, it was so liberating to, to, to do that and then I felt like I could really burrow down into our friendship. Right? So it wasn't, you know, our friendship was, was everything to the story. Um, and the only thing that mattered to me at, when I was writing it, it was getting that part right. 
right? And it just felt so pure. And, and so real, it was actually very cathartic for me because I got to hang out with my friend again, you know, and, and, and at times it was excruciating, but at times it was just us being kids again. It was, it was really, that was really quite therapeutic for me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That is cool. And and then, we, were, we were walking together, so to speak, you know? Mm-hmm. Are you, do, uh, like, uh, do you believe in like life after death kind of thing? Like what's your, what's your belief on where he's at? Yeah. Oh, Tony. Oh, come in with the lighthearted uh, questions first. <laughs> why don't you? <laughs> Thanks for that one, Tony. Yeah, yeah, what, Tony. What, doing the French accent will make it. Make it yeah, yeah. So, so let's see. Uh, do you know how to say? How do they say so the afterlife? Yeah. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> Um, it, yeah, I could have uh, led up to that easier. I could I could have given you a kiss before I just. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, this just punch me in the face. Um, I don't I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I, before you know Mike's passing, I I didn't give it much thought. You know, you yeah, know, yeah, I know I, I know that you know. I mean, and this is not my first experience with death. You know, you know, I lost my mother a couple years before Mike, you know, and, and she was a very special person to me too. In fact, I'd say her and Mike were my two favorite people. Um, and I, I didn't think as much about, you know, if I was going to see her again in the afterlife or in some sort of reincarnation, I was thinking more about if my dad would see her again. Right. Um, mm-hmm. um, and with Mike, I, I, I thought about it, you know, I mean, the, the, his wife and three kids believe that, that he's in touch with them. Um, I once have a, had a medium call me and say that it's, it's, someone's trying to reach you. Someone's trying to reach you, right? You know, and and, and I, we couldn't figure out who it was. But then it occurred to me afterwards, she was probably talking about Mike. You know, I, I just thought she was full of shit. You know, I wasn't like giving it much much credence until you know suddenly I was like, oh my god. Um, I, I'm I don't believe that that we die. I, I think our souls. Are, are are you know um, you know immortal? I mean, they go goes somewhere else. I think, I, and and I don't know. I'll be sitting around you know eating food all day and drinking with Mike ever again in some capacity. Right? Though I'd love that. Good, <laughs> that would be heaven. Right? Yeah. Um, but you know, I I, I do. I I, I I I feel him. You know? Yeah. It was funny. I um. You know, you know, I I'm kind of on the same page with that uh, friend of mine. Uh, who died about seven years ago? It was uh, I, w- I was with a friend. Of, I was with a, a, it was like th- about four years ago, and I was with another friend of mine, and she she really believes in ghosts and spirits, and she and she does medium stuff, and um, and so we were just sitting there having breakfast, and she's like, "There is someone with you right now," and the presence was really strong, and I was just like, "Oh, that's interesting," and I was just kind of blew it off. And she's just like. She's like, yeah. She's like, I hate to like, you know, do th- I, I don't do these things to my friends. You know, I'm not going to dive in, but it's just, there's something really strong and someone, there's someone kind of knocking on you right now. And I'm like, ah, okay, whatever. And then, um, and then I go back home and I found out it was the anniversary of Maddie's death. Okay. And I was like, oh my God, I wonder if there was something to that. Cause how would she even know that it was the anniversary of his death? And it, it and there, there, it's just like, you know, I'm not going to disregard that in any way. You know, I mean, I do believe that that, that, that mediums, some of them, right, mm-hmm. are legit. I mean, I mean yeah. first of all, why would you choose to have, to have that gift? That that I guess gift is is is, is a relative term, I guess, or, or a subjective term, right? Um, um, but like you know, I I just cannot not believe. I'm sure there's, there's a shitload of charlatans out there and and and, and con people, right? Um, you know. 
but I also believe there are certain people who, yeah, I mean, they they they, they can be, and that, that that makes me believe. It does make yeah. me believe. You know, you know, who's who's channeling that? It's not their imagination, and right? Right. Yeah. No, and I really should. I, I would, if I had more guts, I would I would go see one. Mm. Um, or if I had more guts, I'd go to a therapist. Right. I mean, I, I mean, this is a lot of ways. I thought things I should have done. You um, haven't been to therapy? No. Oh, it's right. fun, dude. You get into like, all your feelings. I know. I mean, the, book, the, the book was launched by something I wrote for Talkspace. You know, they saw one of, my, one of the articles that I was I had written and said, you know, reached out and said, we have a blog and we'd love for you to write it about male friendships. It's, it's an important conversation that not a lot of people are having. And I wrote this big, long article for them. And from that, I sort of built the book out of it. Um, and they offered me, you know, some, some services at a certain, you know, and I, it's... I, I, I don't know. I, 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 it's not like I think there's anything wrong with it, and I think oh, therapy. I'm not. I'm not antiquated in that respect. I'm, I, I don't. I don't. And I don't know what what my hesitancy is. You know, I, I wish I'd done it. Like you know, one of my big complaints. You know, you know and I have quite a few big complaints. But among my big complaints <laughs> about adulthood, right, is that is that we don't treat death accordingly. I mean, I was I was bombarded with cliches my mother passed away you know mm-hmm. you know she's a better place um you know you'll, you'll see her again um you know you'll adjust to this new normal blah blah, blah. you know and, and i i i was like i was pretty polite about it of course thank you appreciate the concern right and you know none of that was true the the, yeah. the, the, the delta it was like i i i didn't adjust to a new normal i, I just missed my mother right you know right. i thought about her five and every time i thought about her it broke my heart right i was looking at my dad it broke my heart Mm-hmm. Um, you know, same with Mike, you know, like, no, 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 you know, there, there should be like, one of the, my dad actually dealt very well with my mother's death because he got help like right away. I mean, they were like, you need to get yourself into a support group, right? A bunch mm-hmm. of dudes sitting around who lost their wives, their wives, their wives as well. Right. Mm-hmm. And talk. And then he had us, I think, you know, one guy was like his buddy, you know, his wingman helping him through it. who had been through it before and could die. You know, and I wish they had that for like, for friends, you know, I, I love, yeah. you know, I wouldn't want to, you know, you know, evoke, bad memories for them but if there was like a, 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 a bunch of guys who were like hey i lost my buddy too and it fucking sucks right you know yeah. that's why i wrote the book i wanted people to know hey th- this is hard right and it, just because it's your friend right doesn't mean it's any less painful in some ways i thought it was more painful right you know because not that i loved mike more than i loved my mom but we spent i've never spent more time with a human being in my life and you know you know we, I, I can read his mind i know i could read his mind right you know yeah. I, I knew what he was saying before he said it and vice versa right you know he could look at me across the room and know what i was going who, I, who i'm talking to what face i have on what my body language is and what my intentions are right yeah, yeah. Walk by me, like walk away and walk away right like, that kept me out of trouble so many times with that i mean and it's just an amazing sort of relationship that you know I, my thoughts turn to him and they still do right you know, before anybody else right just because we've logged those hours together you know it's yeah. like the ten thousand hours you spend practicing your clarinet then you own the instrument it's like you know you spend x amount of hours in the company of another human being and that person's gonna be your friend right you don't you don't go on you know you don't spend that much time with your parents anymore once you get past a certain age of adolescence right you don't spend this time with your siblings because you're sick of each other but that many years together i spent time with mike since the day where i was born right to the day he died 
right? Yeah. And, 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 and to replace that was impossible, absolutely impossible. And it bummed me the fuck out, right? Because it kept entering my head. You know, you, 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 you lift, you, you flush the toilet and you think of a time that Mike would leave like a big turd in the toilet for you as a joke in the hotel. There's <laughs> 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 like a zillion memories, right? You know, and they can't escape them or something good happens, you know, something really great. I, I'm going to call Mike. Oh, fuck, I can't. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's the weird one, the calling thing. I still have a lot. I still have friends who have died on my phone and I can't take them out of my contacts, but I just know I can't call them either. But there's something that in me that just can never take them out of my contacts. They just got to still kind of be there. It's almost as a memory in a weird way where I used to be able, I used to be able to text this person. I used to be able to call them and yeah. Well, I think I think erasing them would be so you know the, the act of like you know removing them you know would be the ceiling betrayal almost. Yeah, or or I could or we could be doing it all wrong too. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. well, I know I'm not doing it right. So <laughs> if, if I say A, you say Z, and I think you're better off. Right, right. No, it's it's interesting. With like for me, I've been in and out of therapy since I was uh, a teenager, and it's um, it's so much better now. Like back then, it was like, let's get to your feelings. You're right. gonna feel anger. Let's get to anger for a week, you know. And then, but now there's like cognitive behavioral therapy. There's EMDR. There's they like they're fine tuning a lot of these things, so we don't have to sit there and be uh, lunatics in a, in a room. Right. Right oh, I'm sure it's gotten much better. I'm so happy that it's gotten so so normalized too. I mean, I have so yeah. many friends that I'll meet as an adult. Right. And after, after a certain amount of time, like, you know, I was talking to my therapist and I was like, solid. Right. Good um, for you. You know, good for you. Yeah. Yeah. And my therapist told me I was wrong. <laughs> I, I think it's just, I, and then there's another part of it where you're talking to someone that has absolutely no judgment and kind of can call you out and go, wait a second. What did, what did you do there? And it's, you know, and I got Never. friends who do that to me too. And they've, and they, and they're like, Tony, and the, and I I I adore that because I'm like I you know we need our we need our uh, we need our nudges back into uh, our lanes you know yeah you mean people call them bullshit on you right yeah 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 I know I mean yes I, I love that and again that, that that guy for me was Mike right I yeah. can never get by him he'd, he'd shake his head <laughs> stop right <laughs> um, you know and having one friend like that you know was a blessing. Yeah, um, and I have other friends who can do that too, but it was never the same. But like, yeah, it's a really, it's a, it's a great thing to have if you're so lucky, because most people just just nod and agree with you, and you know don't want to have to call the bullshit or whatever, and hold you to account for the things you said, and you know, you know, call you call you out for your for your 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 inconsistencies. You know, and a, a therapist would be, would be great for that, right? To hold you accountable. Right for, for your your reactions and your responses and, and also the way because we're always fooling ourselves right you know I mean I think I'm super handsome and clever right you know it's like, yeah. I, somewhere well, in the back of my I head mean, I, but you are super handsome and clever because I can see on, you on, on podcasts yeah you're like gorgeous so I mean <laughs> <laughs> you, you, this is this is all your audio right you you would never know that I was six four two twenty that's like Clooney young Clooney like you know no yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah no, I'm on, I'm sitting on my motorcycle right now. Yeah, and 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 you look great in that leather jacket. Um, <laughs> Are the chaps too much? <laughs> it's not the chaps; it's what's not underneath the chaps that's too much. <laughs> I was I was thinking about that. All right, thanks, thanks for being honest with me. We, we I just 
it, it, you know, when, when I say too much, I mean, good for you. <laughs> um, the, uh, are, do you, now, now when you have a book out like this and you have other close friends, are they, do they go up to you and go, oh, hey, dude, are you going to write about me too? Hmm. <laughs> well, I think in this case, thankfully, the, 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 the subject matter is so unique and personal. Yeah, but I've had other books where people are like, "Was that character me?" And I'm like, uh, uh, "No." You know, especially for whatever reasons, women that I used to know that were always like, "You know, I was that you know love interest." Some of that, you know, and I'm like, oh, I'm, "Yes, absolutely, it was you, 100." percent You know, even though she's you know, you know, you know Japanese and then, right, and you're and you're Swedish, it, it definitely was you. It, it, it's it's funny, like the the, the you know the when you're read by your friends, even when it's fiction, they're definitely looking for people, you know, you know that remind them of them, um, which is cool. I mean, you know, it'd be, and I do do that on occasion. I just don't do it as often as people think I do. It, yeah, it's I. I had one of the funniest ones um, with uh, my first novel, and um, this I've heard through the grapevine that this. <laughs> woman I grew up with thought the love interest was her and I was like I haven't thought of her in like 15 years <laughs> and 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 um and the guy that told me um he was married to her sister and he's like oh my god I can't wait to tell her and I'm like no 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 no, don't tell her just let her think it's her it doesn't matter Absolutely. yeah it's not but just let her think it's her <laughs> yeah I mean it, it, it is incredible I, but I think there's like I don't have this instinct but I think you know when someone hears oh you know Tony wrote a novel, you know, from childhood. Where and then people want to anything that can remotely relate to like someone that might, you know, to be in, to inspire a character in a book, right? Is very exciting to certain people. So I think you know they'll they'll try and find it. You know, and just let them just let them have it. Go, oh my god, I didn't know you. there's this woman in here who has breasts, and I have breasts. This must be me. <laughs> this is totally me. <laughs> I have two eyes and two ears. And yes. Oh my god, it's me. <laughs> I'm um, totally famous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when they make the movie, I'll play me. I'll play me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's I well the, that, the movie of my first novel did come out and I, I think some of these people thought it was them and it's just like yeah, yeah, this interesting casting kind of uh, kind of turned it towards looking a little bit like you, and it wasn't you, but cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's done and done. You know, I'm, I'm trying to watch that movie, man. It sounds really cool. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, I have people, you know, people out that are not in the film business, they don't realize I don't cast the movie. I don't go near, you know, I wrote it, but I don't go anywhere near casting. That's not yeah. me. That's for people who know how to do that, you know? It's just like, oh, look who he picked. I didn't pick anyone. I just... Was, yeah. was, was I in the movie? Was I one of the characters? Yeah, yeah, you were one of the characters. You were. <laughs> we hadn't even met you, yet. You were. You were one of yeah. You were one of the older. Um, well, not too much older. I mean, when I say older, I mean yeah. like twenty-two. But you were, yeah. but you had a lot of knowledge and a very old soul that really just oh, delivered yeah. information. That was to, me. I knew that was yeah, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so yeah, it's amazing. We haven't even met yet, and somehow I made it into your novel. <laughs> <laughs> It's it, it it brings us back to like it's so interesting our all our all our own points of view and how we we always make things about us in a weird way and when and so much yeah. of it so much of everything is not about us. Yeah, there's definitely. I mean, I don't want to you know, harsh on these people too much, but there's definitely a narcissistic sort of element to that thing, you know, where it's like, yeah. oh, that's I, I they see themselves in a place that we never saw them. Either they know better than we do, 
right? Right. Or, you know, or, or there's something going on there, which, you know, I mean, that's where, I mean, it's all Facebook. Exactly. <laughs> that Facebook, yeah, the, the ruin, the ruinization of so many things. Yet, yet we could see our high school classmates just, you know, having the greatest lives ever. And we go, well, how do they do it? And we never did, you know, but. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, I mean, in high school is right. I mean, it, it, life is perpetual high school, right? It is it's yeah. pretty good up until that point. And you get to high school and it's all the same until I mean, yeah, retirement communities are high schools. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Popular, popular, outcast, rebel. I mean, all the, all the stereotypes, all the petty shit, all the status. Yeah. Um, seeking it's all high school writ large and that's why i'm cool with bullying to an extent like like <laughs> and and i think so i'm thinking to get an ambulance to andrew's house <laughs> don't don't make that your motto don't don't go there <laughs> that's I'm not sorry, a tattoo i'm no. sorry i did that when you were swallowing a drink <laughs> I, is anyone, has anyone ever said that sentence in the history of the English language? Right? That's why I'm cool with bullying. It's, it's not an after-school special. I didn't see that one. <laughs> it might be. No, it's, but, but to an extent. No, what's what's going to be the after-school special? What's wrong with Tony? That's going to be the after-school special. <laughs> the after-school special will be like in the last days of Tony. <laughs> <laughs> the bully advocate. If, if this is a bigger platform, you'd be canceled. You just yourself, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and where's Tony now? He's on Skid Row. He's he's pushing a shopping cart. That woman who thought you were the character in her book just changed her mind. But she was a character. She was like, no, I don't want anything to do with Tony. Right. He's a bully. He's a bully advocate. <laughs> I, but at, at the same time, it's like I mean, you know, when like when I was in high school in the eighties, it's just like, you know, yeah, the bullying sucked, but it also like kind of taught me conflict resolution issues and it's taught me like taught me how to get out of situations where it's just like I, you know, I'm more prepared to go if a confrontation happens. I know, oh, this is how to just maneuver out of it. It's not a it's not a new thing out of nowhere, you know. Right. It's a good point. I mean, it, you know, there is something to be said about that skill. But I, I have a son and I don't tell him how to beat people up, I tell him how to avoid fights. Yeah. And then, and then what do you, and then, it, you know, and then if he's stuck in a situation where he has to push out of it. And you got to push out of it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean it, it's such a different world though, right? I mean, you know, now, now I, I don't know what, I think bullying mostly happens online as opposed to, you know, in, in the hallways or, you know, behind the parking lot. Right. right. Um, you know, but I, I don't, I, I think to be to, to today, no, I don't know how we got on this topic here, but you know, someone pulls out their phone. It's like, look at this guy being mean to somebody. He's it's almost like you weaponized the phone as a defense mechanism. Yeah, you know? and that's why I think so much of the bullying these days. You know, which I know you're a big advocate for. You support bullying, obviously. No, totally. Yeah. You're the bully whisperer. You're the bully whisperer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that, yeah, anyway, that and, and if, that and if you're angry and you have an automatic weapon available, just use it. Just use it. I mean, come on. That's what it's there for, right? <laughs> the Second Amendment, bro. This is, I was watching this, this is old episode of The Simpsons. One of like just one of my favorite scenes of The Simpsons is him trying to get a gun after he was. Oh, yeah, he, got for you. he says, I'm, but I'm mad now. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. That's right. Like, yeah, you have to wait like, 24 hours, sir. He's like, 24 hours. I'm mad right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. We're, we're, we're great pals. <laughs> 
conflict resolution just right there immediate conflict <laughs> resolution <laughs> i this guy this guy i knew ever since i was a real young kid and I've, i me and him have been out of touch but we touch base every once in a while and during pandemic um we checked in and uh and i, I haven't seen him probably for 25 years and uh but anyway you know he, we've gone very separate directions and, and he's really into guns. And so he's like, Oh yeah, you got to come up and visit me. Cause we have this beautiful river we go camping at and we just get drunk and we have our, and we have our AR 15s and we just oh. shoot them around. And I'm sitting there going, Oh, so you get drunk, you create high conflict. And then you have like, then you have guns. Just, I, I'm not going anywhere near any of you people. I never liked you, Tony. And he's like automatic weapon, right? Right, so. right. You, you know, I know what characters me in the book, and I'm like, which one? Which one did you like? Which one did you like? <laughs> no, tell me it was the hero. Please, it was the hero. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was yeah. about you. It was about you. It was that stud. It was like either like banging girls or, or beating up bad guys and yeah, like yeah. robbing banks. Right? That guy, that was you definitely. Yeah, yeah. Please don't hurt me. <laughs> that's, my, that's my safe word, actually, in BDSM is please don't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> when I walk into a BD, not that I know anything about this, but like yeah. if I walk into a BDS room, BDSM room, I'm like, please don't hurt me. <laughs> Gentle here, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just walking through. I heard the bathrooms over here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna get over that 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 invite. I'm gonna have a dream about being invited to like you know a, a camping trip with automatic weapons and, and booze. Know, and booze and, and yeah. maybe they're dropping as a master or something too right yeah let's just let's just go somewhere in the middle of nowhere and like make our brains really stupid and you know and then you know out you know alcohols you know i i like drinking but i don't like drinking too much because it does make me angry sometimes if i'm like drinking too much and then the next day i'm kind of like well, this makes me really mad. And I'm like, because I drank yesterday. <laughs> it's just like, you put in the fire, you see? And yeah. uh, so don't put in the fire when there's any weapons around. These people are crazy. At least they're like by a riverside. Yeah. You can just dump the bodies. <laughs> or, or it's a, it's a nice, <laughs> tranquil place, you know. Or the, oh, like, that! Oh, that! Yeah. I was just thinking that it was it was a lovely sort of setting, you know. So sort of like, you know, maybe that would like foster, you know, a little more camaraderie, but probably not. Yeah. After after their seventeenth, you know, Milwaukee's best beer, they're probably not thinking about the the, the ambiance of the riverside. Right, right. Little Eddie swirling and then the sound, the rivers over the rocks. Yeah, probably not. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I think what we're doing right now is we're kind of creating a film that needs to be made about a writer. <laughs> yeah, this would be great. It, it's yeah. kind of like, you know, Deliverance or something, you know, like the, along those lines like, of, the, of the buddy sort of out, they go out together somewhere, you know, an outing with the boys, you know, for a couple of days just to get some fresh air and hang out and be removed from the responsibilities of, of, of the crushing world. And yeah. then you sit around the side of a river and drink, you know, two cases of beer and then someone gets shot. And one of and the person who gets shot is a big time famous author who wrote a book and they're they they have the wrong characters. All right. They're all thinking it's best to fight. Right. That character, yeah. Jake, was me. Right. And he's yeah. like, uh, no, it was me. And then that's how the, that's, that's, the, that's the, the start of the fire, right? Right. And then we go back cool. into the, right. and then cut back to the film version of the book. And it was none of them the whole time. And then it makes yeah. them all mad and they go after the whole family. Yes. That's the sequel. 
<laughs> I got an idea. <laughs> let's go camping with three cases of beer and, and, and some weapons and hash this out. All right. Well, let's 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 research this in a, in a very secluded place. <laughs> Where can we find weapons fast? <laughs> I mean, I could probably walk down the street right now and get a weapon. You're in LA, forget it. You can yeah, use, oh, yeah. edibles and a weapon before I can like go flush my toilet. Right, right. I, I would. I don't know. I don't know who to ask. I mean, I mean, well, people are practically putting edibles in your mouth. And I'm like, no, no, thank you. But it has CBD. I don't care. Oh, yeah. <laughs> CBD, the new miracle cure. It's like olive oil of Olay for uh, depression. Yeah, yeah. Just rub it everywhere. You'll be good. Yeah, yeah. It's. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's like oh no no no, you know I. I'm totally clean, uh, you know, when you're like, uh, you're about to have sex with a woman you don't know. And you're just like, oh, no, no, no. I took CBD. <laughs> I, got chlamydia, I got chlamydia, but I took CBD. I'm purified. Yeah. It's, it's this generation's holy water. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you're, looking, you're looking at me as, um, you're looking at me and. How you're well, looking like we, we, we even talked about the book in like 20 minutes. So I know that's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> this is that's just, why it drinks with Tony. This, this is how it goes. Like, uh, yeah, sometimes, sometimes, um, sometimes writers are like, We didn't talk about the book for the whole the whole hour, and I'm like, I know it's cool with me. I'm having a blast. It's what we do. We, we, I talk to authors who have books out and we don't talk about the book sometimes for a very long time. You know what? This could be actually the promotional tool that works for me finally. I mean, I've been on TV. I've done lots of other things. You know. Wait, you like, got on TV for how this? How many books did we sell? How many books did we sell? And I'm like, uh, like three. Right, <laughs> right. I, I could be a bestseller tomorrow, Tone, and I'm bringing you with me. <laughs> did you get on TV for this book? Yeah, I, I was on TV here in New York. Yeah, so it was, um, it was, it was, it's a it's a morning, a very well known morning show called Good Day New York um, with yeah. an amazing hostess Rosanna Scotto, who's a New York mm -hmm. legend, absolute legend, and and, and a, a huge supporter of mine for whatever reason I have no idea. Probably because my name is Scotto. Her name is Scotto. Um, it's on Fox Five in the mornings, you know, and, and I've been on. This is my fifth time on with her. I was on with her last. Wow. Week. Yeah. 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 I, so. It, it, was it for all your was it for other books and writing too yeah, yeah. Like, other books and and um you know yeah i, I mean i i have seven books out she's featured four of them on her show the one time i did a trip to venice with the fire department of new york city there's it was a great trip i, I was on assignment for the new york times to go with the fire department of new york city to venice for a gondola race that was related to like 9-11 like, you know after 9-11 all these you know uh you know hoteliers um, and ambassadors of Venice brought over a bunch of firefighters to Venice every year for like an event to make, you know, to show camaraderie and, and respect. And I, I tagged along when you're on a song for the New York Times. And then it was obviously a very big New York City story. So I was on with Rosanna on Fox 5 New York talking wow. about that. So, so, awesome what, so what you were, were you on in January, like a couple months ago? I was on last, I was on last week. I was on, it was March 3rd, two weeks ago. Oh, you were just, oh, that's why you have a glow about you. So wait, so what, so when you're on this show, do you get a driver or do you take the subway? Well, in this case, we did Zoom. Um, but oh, I was, I was, you weren't in studio on this one. That, that's such in, a ripoff. Did they send you craft services? Did they send you a basket of coffee? No, and things? no, no. I was uh, on, but I, I, the, the ironic thing is I was actually on during a more of the teeth of the pandemic in the studio in 
last summer, last August, I was on um, mm-hmm. in studio, right? I, I, one of my books is set in Italy, has a, a huge porchetta. You ever had a porchetta? It's a, it's a pork um, belly that's mm. rolled and seasoned and, and the skin is scored and, and, and I, it's like a fucking log of pork. Huh. Right? Um, and I went on her show to talk about the book and talk about this. I brought a giant porchetta. So they had that. They had to have me in studio to make, to make the most of it. But you can only have a certain amount of people in studio each time. They can't have like, you know, the rolling guest thing anymore. because There's still, still COVID restrictions in, right. in you know, areas of the city, not, not, in, the, not in the restaurants anymore here. Right? No, exactly. But, you could, you could, just, you can like make out with a stranger in a restaurant. You, but... you can sit on someone's lap and, you know, yeah. you know, they, you know and they don't care. But like going into a TV studio, they, they could. So I couldn't go on TV. I had to just do it for my own. No, wow. Interesting. Yeah. It's that kind of has been driving me nuts. You know, I, I know, I know we need to be careful. I know there's all, there's all this stuff, but the absolute authority of <laughs> the rules, this is how we do it. This is okay. And you're just going, wait a second, this doesn't make sense. Cause we can go to the restaurant, but I can't walk into blank. And then the, and the, it's the, 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 the absolute authority of what's happening when people can't just go, we really don't know. We're just trying our best. Yeah. First of all, was that German that actually you just gave us there? Oh, I don't know. Was it? Did, yeah. did I just? <laughs> did did it, it was like it was like Hogan's Heroes. It <laughs> <laughs> was, was really bad. <laughs> it, it was Colonel Clink. Yeah. Um, Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways, um. Yeah. The sort of the inconsistency of it is a little weird. You know. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, it's all been fucking weird. I mean, so like, you know, I'm I'm far more flexible about like wearing a mask here yeah. or not there or what we're dealing with, and the fact that like people are. I mean, I, I had an event last weekend for the book. I had you know, 120 people in, in a in a in a big annex, a big community center. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and not a single soul wore a mask, and you know, I mean. And thank God, I, I, I the, the news of the event was that it was a super spreader. <laughs> right, I can't believe we we're doing that shit. You know, a year ago. You know, I mean, I felt comfortable. I the event was for January. I had to cancel it. I, 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 you know, this is when Omicron first emerged, and I was like, oh my god, I, you know, yeah. And this, you know, refund all the ticket money, do all the shit to undo this, 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 uh, this. Uh, to, to re-engineer this whole thing right and then get it again and and i felt confident enough to do it and, and it went it went great people were cool it, you know it was, it was it was weird to be in a room with 120 people hugging and kissing and shaking hands like it never happened that was weird yeah it's almost it's almost like um we mentally it, it's a mental shock again to do that so we, our brains have to adjust to being okay with masks off you yeah. know, it was like staring at faces, yeah, you know, inside in mass, right? I, I, I see faces obviously, you know, all the time, you know, um, without masks on, you know, but seeing like a room full of people, whether were, it, it, I, was, I was like, so like, I get it, I can't, I can't be bothered anymore. We all went to a bar afterwards, the bar was packed, yeah, you know, you know, and it, it. It, 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 I don't know. I mean, I, I feel full party feels like, oh my God, I'm going to get fucking COVID at month, you know, in the 11th hour. Right. right. You know, um, but, it, you know, the, the rates here in New York City are, and New Jersey are so low that I felt like I felt confident in doing it. 
And also like, you know, the fact that I'm, people, everybody's vaccinated too. I mean, this is, this is your yeah. high vaccination area. So if you do get it, you're going to have, a, you're going to have the flu. Right. The, um, I went and saw Nick Cave a couple weeks ago at the shrine and that's like 5,000 people and almost every, and the, the mask policy, there was no mask. So all of a sudden, like about a week and a half earlier, they're like no more men indoor mask mandate. And it, it was so emotional to be, to yeah. see Nick first, to see the first, you know, music venue that I've been to in over two years. And then to look around and see the expressions on everybody's faces. And yeah. it's just, and I was just like, you know what? If I get COVID and die next month, this is worth it. Right, yeah. <laughs> it was just like, it was like, I needed this yeah. so bad. I needed just to be around a very loud music situation, uh, love, a lovely band, and to be around people and see all of their reactions and they can all see my reactions. And it's just yeah. like, and if I get COVID and die, that was the one. That's the way he went out, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and everything's fine. I, 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 it's like, it blows my mind. It's we're, we're in such, everything's so fast now because it's just like, you know, that was a few weeks ago. And a few weeks before that, there was still indoor mask mandates for Los Angeles. It was, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to jinx this thing. I'm saying that it's over, but like, wow. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I'm dying for a concert. I, my, my, my favorite band, I don't know if you've heard of this group, they're called Low Cut Connie. They're yeah. a rock band out of Philly. Um, uh-huh. Usually the vehicle was a guy named Adam Weiner, who's amazing, you know, sort of a sort of Jerry Lewis meets Elton John meets little Richard, you know. Oh my god. Crazy songwriter, piano player, and performer. His his shows yeah. I mean, are are incredible. He's got a great big huge band with sync background singers, and it, it is like full energy, full movement all the time. I mean, I'm pretty sure the guy like, you know, sweated in my mouth before I've been so right. close up to this day where he's like, a, you know, he's just a wreck. You know, he's so active and, and it's revival rock and roll, right? That sounds it sounds great. What's um, the name of the band low, again? I didn't hear it. Low Cut Connie, which is a great okay. name too, right? Like a low yeah. cut shirt. Low yeah. cut is here, a waitress in a Philly diner that they all loved, you know, or a Philly Perfect. bar. Um, and they're great. You look them up, please. Um, and, you know, they played New York City about six weeks ago um and i didn't go because I, I i you had to wear a mask there's a mask mandate for the venue yeah and i i i, I can't do that i mean i can wear a mask and walking into a restaurant i can wear a mask when i'm shopping at fucking staples right yeah I, mean, I can't wear a mask when i'm at a rock and roll show yeah i mean i regretted it because it was an incredible show my friend who went with the tickets you know said it was the best time he ever had in his life and i'm a fucking idiot right yeah um but i i just my and mentally i just couldn't do it and then, so i'm really looking forward to like you know catching them of course they're coming back next week and i'm gonna be in france yeah <laughs> um oh. but the uh, well i can't wait for that first real live rock and roll show yeah and, uh, in a bar-ish setting you know a small venue i don't want i don't want to go to you know you know the met life center and see you know guns and roses under a roof you know i, I want to see a rock and roll band in a bar right and, and 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 just shake it shake it shake it and you know yeah just feel yeah, normal right. again. Where are, you, where are you going in France? Going to Provence. Um, yeah. Aix in Provence. Um, I, I do some ghostwriting. Mm-hmm. And I have um, um, I just been hired to write a, a, a fictional version of an ex-past experience overseas. And she, part of the gig was like, I had to go spend a couple of weeks, you know, with her and her family and her surroundings, sort of getting to know the, the, the environment so I can write the story effectively. So I'm thrilled. Fantastic. So that, that's all expenses paid. Yeah. Good for you. 
I, work, work, work. I know. I did some ghostwriting, but it was more. It was a lot lower level stuff where you know, I did. I did it for. Um, it was essentially for the most part. It was essentially um, self help books for real estate agents who were successful at their were at their careers. So they were. They put this whole thing together about how great it is to be a real estate agent, but they hated being a real estate agent and they wanted to be life coaches. So that's why they were writing this book. And it was just, it was pure soul sucking hell mm. <laughs> for me. I was just like, it took me about six months just to get, just to wipe the ick off of that and go, okay, I'm so glad I have my bills paid for a while, but yeah. I don't know if that was worth it. I think yeah. I should have just been a waitress. I'll be a waitress <laughs> in a skirt, a very short skirt. What, uh, what kind of wings would you like with that, sir? What, <laughs> welcome to Applebee's. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Um, and it's, you know, ghostwriting is interesting, but, you know, I'm happy to make, to, to be employed as a writer in any capacity. It's like, it's, it's so, it's so yeah. fulfilling just to like tell anybody's story. I just love stories so much, you know, and they're really valuable. And they, yes, some are more valuable than others. I hear you. Yeah. And it, and it's, it, it's so crazy to live the dream to just be a writer. I mean, I write and teach. So that's, that's my gig. And, you know, people go, Oh, how yeah. much do you make from the podcast? And I'm like, I kind of, I don't know. I'm nothing. I, I, I pay a monthly fee to the server. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> I probably can. I just don't know how to yet. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I, you know when, I, when I was 32 years old, I said, I, I've been working in the record business and in entertainment business, you know, as, as a sort of a, 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 a vendor, you know, we used to, mm -hmm. I worked for a company that when I got out of college, we made compact discs for record companies um, and, uh, you know, CD-ROMs, I guess. But my, my, my side was all, you know, on record companies. And yeah. then the DVD was introduced and we made them, we were there making them, you know. And I really, I, I liked it. You know, it was, it was a good job, you know, it, you know great expense account, et cetera. But, you know, I really wanted to teach. I really wanted to write. And I, and I quit both my previous career to pursue both. Um, and I felt very fortunate ever since, you know, I, I taught until the pandemic, but the pandemic cost me my, my, I had a, it wasn't tenured, obviously I had, I had a full-time teaching gig, um, teaching creative writing and, you know, freshman English and journalism here in New York city. Oh, and cool. And crushed that. Yeah. That's um, a, yeah. My college got destroyed. They, you know, just got, we were, you know, enrollment plummeted in New York city colleges because we were the, we, we, we were the epicenter in March of 2020. Right. And so enrollment for, first fall of 2020, you know, just went, you know went through the, 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 the basement. Um, yeah. I lost my job and it was really devastating. I love teaching. Um, but I, and when I was a teacher and a writer, it, it was a great blessing. I felt like having both those dual careers was a very fortunate thing. And it, it, it's, and I, I, I have found that I can't do one without the other. It's, it's almost like I have to be teaching writing and writing. Um, if I'm not doing yeah, both, there's, there's a symbiosis there for sure, right? Yeah. Like when, you, when you're telling someone how to structure a sentence effectively, you know, you know, et cetera, then you start having to practice that yourself. It's, it's still fresh in your memory. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I teach at uh, UCLA Extension, so it's I'm not full time or anything. Once, you know, once in a while, I got two classes a quarter. Once in a while, one one class mm -hmm. a quarter. But and right. that that deals that deals cool. 
and but it's just like and then i get to see the growth you know i, I get to we're on zoom now you know so that's that's the bummer yeah. but also but also it's not that well it's not the bummer because because commuting to ucla really sucks from where i live so i'm like you know what no no we'll just keep it like this that's fine yeah i think there's no there's no happier town in the world than la about you know not commuting yeah <laughs> zoom. i'm guaranteed that whoever invented zoom lives in los angeles yeah it's it, 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 before covid i had my little jam i listened to the you know i knew that i would i could listen to like bill burr's podcast for an hour and then bill burr would get me from east hollywood to west to westwood campus and i'd be mm-hmm. like okay and it still kind of drove me nuts and then now i'm like i don't think i can ever do that again that's just no no <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how what, what the the the, re, the realignment is of like you know five days a week commuting to your office is going to look like. I mean, yeah. I'm starting to see friends get called back to their office. First, it was like two days a week or three days a week. Now they're getting called back five days a week. I think they're going to see a lot of rebellion against that. Yeah, there's no reason for us to be in fucking our own little cubicles. Right. in the same space where we see each other at the water fat cooler just so we can meet in the conference room to have a meeting fuck that yeah i mean it's a two-day a week thing i i would think if i was if i owned a business i would ask yeah. my people to come in two days a week. I'll, i'd also ask them to work you know 40 weeks a year you know, you know yeah yeah we need to reconfigure how we go about our our pursuit of a profit i mean it is the cost is so immense and, and and the damage it does, and you can still make is just as much money, right? or, or or maybe not as much, maybe a little less. Give a fuck, right? You can you can make everyone more happy and productive if you gave them more time, not to be doing the bullshit like commuting. I mean, people in New York City and LA, you know, they're commuting, you know, two hours each way, right? just to yeah. sit in an office and do their job by themselves anyway, right? Yeah, they're not they're not, they're not on Broadway. We got to be on stage every night. They're sitting in a in my office, right? You know, and, and running downstairs and grabbing a salad for lunch, running back upstairs to their desk, and and, and they're on their computer all day. I mean, fuck it. Well, yeah, I mean, I did. I made my decision twenty years ago too. I was working in tech. Uh, I, I lived in the Bay Area, and I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I have to be a writer. I, I was just like, I'm out. And the, in order for me to be out, I had to get my needs low and to get my expenses low. And it just, and I had to completely readjust my life and and not have a new car and not be in the, you know, it's just like, but you, the, the beauty of, oh, wait, I can just walk to a cafe and read and write today. And it's actually being productive and it's for my next project. And it's there, it's just the kind of, um, I feel I've set myself up to do that on my own within this system that, that, that they've put together, but yeah, they really, they really lean at India to have that. I remember when I was in tech too, even when I was in tech and they were like, you're making a lot of money. Why do you got a beater or beater car? You need to go get a new car. Like everyone's bugging me to get a new car. And I'm like, no, I'm not taking in that overhead. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be stuck here. And that's everyone kind of wants you to be stuck there with them. And have the high overhead and then get the extra mortgage because you gotta get it, it's and i'm just like Ugh, yeah. can't can't do it i mean that that status game i think i think might you know be a victim of the pandemic where we're like you know what i'm not doing this it's not yeah. to me right to, to have to you know work this hard and endure this much 
right? I mean, I always feel like you know, the funny thing that I see here in New York is like, okay, these people work so hard. These you know, these young entrepreneurs, these young tech people, these young you know, sophisticants, right? And then they they work, 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 work. Then they rush, 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 rush up to their house in the Catskills or somewhere, you know, or the Hamptons, and they're like intense there. Then they come yeah. back to New York for the week. They get back, and then they're all texting and working and all the whole time. It's like, what the fuck, man? I mean. I, I do think that the pandemic will have some some benefits for society as a whole with regard to our priorities, you know, and our you know, you know, you know the way we prioritize, you know, what matters and how we spend our time and where we have to be. I mean, I, I do think it can, you know, and it's always that I don't think it's I'm not, I'm not like you know, you know, Notre Dame or predicting the future, like you know. After big catastrophe or big things, people reassess you know, what mm-hmm. matters. Yeah, and I think this one was pro- prolonged enough to like be like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to work as hard as I had before. I will take a lesser. I have so many friends who like you know either quit their jobs or lost their jobs who went back to work for a different company or the same company in in a lesser capacity. You know, a less yeah. high stress position. Even that, you know, it's like you know. I mean, I, well, I don't know where how we got to this point, but look at Europe. I mean, the European companies give their their their, their employees so much more freedom. Yeah, I mean, they're all off for like most of the summer, right? They 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 don't work. You know, they have breaks during the day. You know, they don't they, they don't do the siesta anymore, or the or the repose anymore. But they still. You know, it's not like we do it here, where we're so like burn, 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 burn. burn yeah. Messing kids at bars on their phones, you know, clearly texting work, right? So yeah. they left work to go out with their friends, and but they were they didn't leave work really. They're still connected, and then they're texting, right? You know, they're on the subways, they're, and then, then when I see them outside when they're not texting, they're talking about work. And then she said to me, and he said to me, and it was like, oh my God, and then it's like, oh my God, just fucking let it go. Yeah, you know, let yeah. it go. What we need to do is slap the phone down and give them a book. And go go yes. sit at that cafe and read for two hours, <laughs> or or or, or some middle aged man on his motorcycle in leather chaps. Right, exactly. Right. <laughs> Maybe the book will be better. <laughs> uh, I've loved looking at your chaps for the last hour. I, 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 I just want to let you know that I have a video of the whole thing, and I'm yeah. going to use it later to They're pleasure to myself. Sag a little bit, weren't they? Are they sagging a little bit? <laughs> Yeah, it's past my bedtime here in New York. You know, it's like eight o'clock <laughs> or seven o'clock. Uh, Andrew, thank you for coming on the show. Truly, my pleasure, Tony. Great talking to you. Happy to do it again. One, two. What about now? I'd like to dedicate a song out to my main homie, Mike D. All right. Okay. Ready? Go. Get on the mic. Get, get on the mic. Just get on the mic. Get, get on, on the, the mic, mic.
Andrew Cote on Drinks with Tony. Check out his new book, Pasta Mike. Next week on the show, we have Madhushri Ghosh discussing her new book, Kabar, An Immigrant Journey of Food, Memory, and Family. And I'm sure she can correct all of my mispunctuations next week. Hey, keep writing, keep reading, keep the conversation going on paper to tell our stories and listen to stories. It helps us understand each other a little bit more. And never, ever slap Chris Rock. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, just to, just to go on this a little more. You know, Will Smith just showed us who he is. And it's probably what he's done a lot over the years. Uh, because he was very comfortable slapping Chris Rock. And that's the hit we saw. It's not the first time he has ever hit anyone like that. It shows that in his mind, in his world, he thinks it's okay to slap someone like that in front of everybody. I bet there are a lot of people who've worked with him. They have to sign non-disclosure agreements to work with him to get the gigs. And he's slapped some of them around. And they can't talk about his behavior because they want to keep their career. And it's, it's kind of the shitty people in Hollywood. It's a very common behavior, this kind of stuff. What he did on Sunday was show us what he does and what he thinks is okay to do. So don't be Will Smith. Be a warrior like Chris Rock. Chris <laughs> Chris Rock, he cocked that trigger back a little bit. He's like, oh man. And he was ready to go at him. And he thought better of it. Go at him with words. And I'm glad he and I'm glad he didn't. And I know he would have been funny as hell, but he's a warrior. Chris Rock is a warrior. He took the warrior's way out of the situation. Why are we still talking about this? Because it has and it, it's going to shift our culture and just watch where it leads us. Right now, it just, it really just fills me with sadness and heartache, real heavy heart. Um, and just, I mean, it's it, when, you, when you see that kind of behavior, it's not the first time. So it's, uh, I think, hopefully it, it kind of exposes what really happens in Hollywood with this so-called, oh, we're all on your side. We're good people. The, um, no, a lot of these people are not good people. They're horrific, and everyone signs NDA. It was an NWA, NDA agreements, um, and they and they can't talk about it because because they want to keep their careers. So yeah, um, and that's and that's that. Look, it's um, it's it sucks. Um, not happy that that happened and it's it's just uh yeah it really makes me sad anyway um and on that note read read andrew cote's book please it's really good pasta mike a story of friendship and loss i'll see you next week So far away from you 
Pacing up and down my room Jesus only love a man loser Turn on the radio Some cat and a saxophone Laying down a litany of excuses The man is longing in my baby's eyes She rubs the lamp between her thighs And hopes the genie comes out singing She lives in some forgotten song And it moves like she is zombie strong Breathe steady as the pendulum keeps swinging And fall to ruin Factories close and cars go cruising And around the borders of her vision She says, oh, 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 oh As Jesus makes the flowers grow All around the scene of her collision I could have wanted to 